Anybody here love the word of the Lord? Amen. Love the word. Amen. Gets us closer to God. Gets us to know Jesus more. And helps us to live better. Remember those moments along the way when, you know, maybe before you were saved, but certainly after all the different things that we learn along the way and all those aha moments that happen when we hear the word of the Lord. Thank you. We hear the word of the Lord and we realize there's something in us that has to change. And uh, as hard or as difficult sometimes as that is, um, the Lord always helps us through it. And, um, and we become better and we become stronger and we become more like him. And so we want to dive into the scriptures uh, here tonight. We're going to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 2. This is a portion of scripture that Pastor Shaw has been opening with. I'm going to be continuing in our series on loyalty. Ain't no one can teach like Pastor Shaw, I can tell you that. So if you have not heard the last two weeks of his teaching, I encourage you to go back online and, uh, and hear that teaching, and you will be blessed and encouraged uh, by it. But I'm going to be me, and I'm going to do what I can to bring the word of the Lord here tonight. And uh, we're going to hear this together and worship the Lord uh, through the teaching of his word. Amen. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. And one says faithful. Amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your presence here tonight. We are just so grateful. We've come out from the world in this, in this great place, in this room dedicated for your presence to move among your people. Lord, move as a witness to your word tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. As we live for the Lord, I believe it really becomes our moral responsibility to uh, remain loyal and understand what it is to be loyal in a local church. And I believe it's as saints of God... Children of God, it's our responsibility. And I believe this is why it's so important for us to have this series, uh, because we are in a revival, and we're going to move into a greater revival. And all the things we hear in Scripture, according to the Word of the Lord, uh, during times of revival, we need to claim those. And we need to believe God for. We need to believe the people that once were baptized here that chose to go out into the world will be back. Amen. Amen. Somebody. I heard two. Can I get a witness in the room? Amen. Somebody needs to get saved before the trumpet sounds. Hello. Someone needs to come back to the Lord before the trumpet sounds. But for us, for others, between now... And when life is over, uh, we need to have a relationship with God, and we need to have a relationship with the people across the pew, the people in this room, with coworkers, with people uh, we care for and love, people we serve. And so it's important for us to be loyal and faithful believers. And so we're continuing this series on loyalty, and tonight I'm just going to uh, talk to you here for uh, a few minutes, and uh, first I want to mention that we have been doing this series um, with uh, a book that Pastor Shaw was uh, his, brought to his attention by the missionary that we had, and uh, on loyalty and uh, disloyalty. And so uh, that book was by, if I'm saying his name correctly, Dag Heward Mills. I looked at him because he's the bookworm guy that I know, and I want to make sure I get that name right. And so uh, it's been, let me just say, he's a, he's a savage. When you read, if you were to read this book, he doesn't mess around. Um, 
And so we can be kind. Um, but when he speaks about loyalty, he certainly does not hold back uh, with that. And so um, we want to be able to look into this, uh, but also just glean some great principles that are in uh, the word of the Lord uh, this evening. So I'm going to be talking to you tonight about church culture and loyalty lessons. And so if we get through it all, if we get through half the Bible, we'll, we'll be doing good. Uh, so we want to lay a foundation first here tonight. Uh, just talk a little bit. I'm just going to touch. I'm not going to deep dive really in church culture itself, but um, and then we'll move right into some stories in the scripture uh, where we can glean some things regarding loyalty. And so uh, culture can be defined as a way of life from beliefs uh, that are in a, a family or any type of group or a situation. Even what is passed down from generation to generation, culture has been used to describe the way of life for an entire society, even a person's conduct and manners, way of dress, language, rituals, art, religion, and beliefs. So for the church, it can be the way we think and the way we do things. And so typically for a club, I don't know if anybody has ever been in, a, in a, any type of club before, and I'm not talking about dance club, though that may have come to your mind, but I'm talking about just like a ball club or uh, I'm not sure how much they call the hockey club, but I played hockey uh, growing up. But there's all kinds of clubs, right? Golfing and tennis and all kinds of things I won't even mention, but there's all kinds of uh, different clubs that are out there. And um, where we live, there are all kinds of old Cars, you know, those vintage cars, those ones that all the people usually make look really, really nice. Anybody like old cars? Anybody? Oh, man. All right. I didn't think I got, I thought maybe I'd get two people. Um, all right. So where I'm, where I live, there's a lot of old cars where I used to live. Uh, again, Aqua, in the city of Kingston next to it, it was always those guys that liked to have those cars low to the ground and they made tons of noise and whatever. Uh, but the old cars, I always thought, were, were really cool. And of course, there's, you can see them gathering around even during the pandemic when they weren't allowed to, you know, park near one another or something. They, you'd always find them at Tim Hortons. They still got together, right? Kind of like the motorcycle people. They just gather at Timmy's. Hello, Canadians. Got to get your double-double or whatever. Um, and so there's all kinds of different clubs or interest groups. And, uh, but the church, we know, is different than a club, right? We know that uh, it's different than any interest group that is out there. And the church can have a culture of loyalty or disloyalty. And so this can be noticed by the way the members speak. By our conversation, by the words we speak to one another. And so the way we speak lets others know whether you are loyal or you are not. Now, I remember when I was a, a senior pastor, moved and we went to a church and we had some great activities and did some great things in our community and um, saw some great results through the years, and uh, we had we had a couple uh, a district event um, where churches throughout Ontario were going to be getting together and and um, and having some church services together. And when we were there, there was a lady talking to us about what she had heard that we had done and how how great it was and how awesome it was and. And we were, th we were thinking, yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Uh, thank you for that. And and then near the end of near the end of that, it 
it went a little bit darker. It went, the conversation turned and you get the feeling in your gut, like what is happening? And so she began to say that, oh, we would never do that at our church. We'd never do that at our church because our pastor doesn't even like that kind of stuff. So to me, I was like, like, didn't feel good in the moment. Of course, I knew who her pastor was. And I knew the things that he was facing in a small church and all the things he was trying to do to see growth and revival. And of course, this lady was probably just trying to be kind. She was trying to be nice. But while she was trying to be kind and nice, she did two things. She threw her church and her pastor way underneath the bus. Maybe she didn't think about it in that way, but that's what she ended up doing. Now, this may not seem like a big deal, but loyalty is noticed by its positivity, while disloyalty is recognized by its negativity. Loyalty always clings to positive communication, while disloyalty grabs onto the first sign of negative speech. It would have been better for this this lady if she would have said i would love to be a part of something like that but in turn she says something negative about her own church and about her own pastor that i didn't even fully believe loyalty is very important it's important to our relationship it's important to what i do and what i say has a reflection upon me but upon my marriage upon my family, upon my church, upon the place that I work, and to my greater family. How we live and what we say impacts not just our own self, but it can impact dozens and even hundreds of other people. People notice your loyalty by what you say. Something that I've noticed that we do great here at LifePoint is we celebrate when other people get blessed. I love that. It's, it's such, let me tell you, when God does something in someone's life, and we don't even hear all the stories, but sometimes maybe openly something might be shared about what, what miracle or, or what provision that, that, that God performed in, in a family or in a, in a marriage or in somebody's life, and we begin to celebrate that, I mean, there's a charge in the atmosphere when that begins to take place. And we celebrate when God heals, and maybe he's healing the toothache. We can celebrate that. I remember hearing stories when I was a young person of, like, people's teeth getting healed. <laughs> I always thought it was funny until you get a toothache and you're out there working. You got no dent, you know. Yeah, you know, you get, you, oh, I had two little kids, you know. You get that stuff you put on the baby's gums. Anyways, um, yeah, you got to figure it out as you go. But you got a toothache or the disease dries up or whatever it is, we celebrate what God is doing in someone's life. And by doing that, we are actually giving glory and honor and praise to the Lord. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says in this, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In the middle of a moment where you might feel some pressure to fall into the trap of being disloyal or saying something negative, I would think is what you're going to say out of your mouth, giving thanks to God. Is it giving thanks? And I'm not talking about something took place and sometimes you may have, there may be something negative. Let's, Let's be real. I'm talking about oppressing somebody. I'm talking about pushing someone down, okay? Giving thanks to God in every circumstance. So in the highs and the lows, we give thanks to the Lord. 
We're talking about church culture. And church culture is the unique custom and values that members are familiar with. And culture is like the current of a river. Whatever enters its flow will be subject to its power. And so the members reflect what flows in the culture, which we hope God's driving this. Because you don't have to look far into the world to see things get messed up, even in churches, to where a person becomes the thing to praise instead of God that it's upon an individual and their personality instead of the moving of God's Spirit and the truth of God's Word. Members reflect the culture of a church. Faithfulness, allegiance, devotion, dependability. Things like that we hear from time to time, learning God's Word. Sharing in God's family, serving God's mission, of course, we love to experience the very presence of God. These are the things that we know. These are the things that hopefully are familiar to our lives. These are the things that become the very fibers of LifePoint Church. And these things are what is needed, one, to be a disciple of Jesus, and flat out good for, for all of us in our own lives, in our personal lives, but they are also needed to have a good relationship with other members of the church, with the pastor and other members of, of this congregation here tonight. Faithfulness and dependency is needed to serve and to have spiritual growth in your life. Faithfulness and dependability is needed to serve and to have spiritual growth in your life. Now, I've seen some people through the years, some of you may have seen the same, where people are kind of flighty. They just kind of, they just drift right in, and a little while later, they, they're gone. So that strong breeze just blew right in and dropped some people off, and then another one seemed to come by, and Sweating somewhere else. It's like they can't sit still. They, they won't listen. They won't, they, they, they won't uh, put some roots in their own spiritual life. And, of course, that's needed. And this kind of person is the one that loves to worship but doesn't like to work. Now, we all love to worship. But do we all like to serve? You know what I'm saying here tonight? You're starting to hear me a bit. We're going somewhere. But everyone loves to worship. But not everyone likes to work. You know, I like to eat the meals at my house. I don't always like to do the dishes. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thank you. And uh, it was great. We had an apartment. We were first married. We'd, we'd eat dinner. We'd do the dishes. We'd stand beside one another. We'd laugh. We'd giggle. It was, re it was really nice. And then kids came and busted that right up. <laughs> and as he got a little older, we were like, guess what? They should do the dishes. They should do the dishes. Um. And so, we all like to experience the great things, but not all like to serve. Let's be honest, right? And so, what I'm saying here is, you need to serve. You need to not just love the very presence of God that shows up at LifePoint, but you need to know what it's like to feel the presence of God as you serve other people. Right, Loyalty isn't about just showing up and 
worshiping the Lord, it's about what can I do around here? Who do you need to see? Stephanie. Who do you need to go to? Stephanie. Why? Because we are in a family. We've been born into the family of God, and we need to share in the things of the family. We all want results, and we all love the results. We all, we all want to uh, uh, have a wonderful church service where there is results, but it, the commitment and the dedication of some of the people in the room, well, it matters for results. Hello, somebody. Right? It is the culture of a business that determines how well it does. Now, at LifePoint, we have a culture in which flows love and care for every person that walks through the door. Those who serve, we thank you. You are amazing. You are amazing. You show up and you are faithful. I know some of you that serve don't want to, like, you know, pat yourself in the back. You're kind of like, I'm serving around here. Um, but thank you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being loyal. Thank you for putting other things aside that you could be doing to come and help other people be welcomed in the house of the Lord and feel the presence of the Lord and get saved. Thank you. Thank you. I think it's important. I wanted to say that. I also wanted to say that um, uh, I think if you if you didn't know, hopefully you you heard Pastor make this announcement a little while ago. But Dakota and uh, Jessica Shepherd have taken over the welcome ad, and I think they're doing a wonderful job. I see their dedication already to that ministry and those that are working with them, you're going to see great things happen in that ministry for the growth that we're seeing now, but also the growth that is coming in on its way. And I believe they're going to be in front of that. And I, I appreciate all those who serve. Amen. I know the scripture talks about, you know, uh, being somebody that's even at the door. When it all shakes down and the pressure of life is on and we deal with all the craziness of life and, and uh, uh, good happens and bad happens and in the middle of it all, you want to know what? I've come to find out in the, in, the, in the crazy stuff that happens in life, I think to myself, man, if I could just stand at the door, if I could just be here, if I could do something to help, I don't have to preach. I don't have to be in the limelight. I don't have to uh, do something that seems to be in the front of what, what's going on. But if I could just be in the house of the Lord, if I could just uh, say hello to somebody and encourage someone along the way, because they are the things that are certainly going to make a big difference. Certainly we don't want to lose our love for worship because that expresses our love for Jesus Christ. I wonder what it looked like if people didn't commit to their job. I know what it looks like. You fired. That's what that looks like. <laughs> didn't have that in my notes, but I felt it right there. Just you, you're fired if you don't showing up. And, uh, I wonder what it would look like if uh, if some people didn't uh, didn't show up at church. Actually, we kind of know. We kind of know. I can tell you what some of it looks like. I remember when uh, when we were at the Lincoln Alexander Center, and uh, as fun as that was, it was fun actually for you know I mean for a little bit. Um, but I remember in the middle of that, I was learning how to do the online stuff. And God bless who, whoever is up there doing that online stuff tonight. Um, but I remember in the middle of that, and uh, um, uh, Matt was uh, making sure, got, got it figured out. Yeah, man, doing that, figure it all out. Until the one time he wasn't there. I was like, what do we do? Sending messages? Where is he? Downstairs helping you. Oh, man. He, oh. He's answering. I'm telling you. 
the screen started move like not moving the screen but the arrow on the screen started moving all around he was like doing stuff remotely and i've had I, that happened to him he was like on vacation one time and i'm up there and it's like i was like man especially during the pandemic somebody all the things that we heard of people coming uh to church uh through hearing the word of god during the pandemic um and uh, thank God he, he wasn't here, but sometimes he, uh, I don't know, he, I called it, I said, man, you Jedi'd that. Um, some of you don't know, don't, don't, you don't know, I shouldn't have did that. Um, but when he wasn't there, oh man, it, you, you feel a loss. I mean, what it would look like, um, you know, sometimes we take, and I know maybe I'm way off, but I just go, we're just going to go with this. Um, well, sometimes we take like our serving uh, as uh, uh, as uh, something that's second, third, fourth, fifth down the line. You know what I mean? Um, because for us, it's so easy just to say, "Well, I, you're not feeling it today." You know, can someone else fill in? Now, I'm not saying that's for every case. I'm just throwing that out there. Things happen to all of us. All right, so if that was you and you put that out there, happens every week, somebody can't make something, you know what? Someone else that's serving fills in the gap. I get how it goes. But I'm wondering if like Pastor Shaw on a Sunday morning knew he was up to bat to preach and he was like, you know, just not feeling it. <laughs> just not feeling it. So we would say, but, but he's the pastor. He has to be there. He has to. Well, yes, he has to. God called him to come and, and to preach and be there. I'm wondering, has he called anybody else? The Bible even says there are, there's a whole list of things, but then it just throws out there, helps. And sometimes we just need some help around here. And I'm just saying, you can see Stephanie, and you can, you can get involved. What I'm saying is, I, I think we should take what we do in the house of the Lord as something that is very important to, to somebody else's life and our own walk with God. Our own success, spiritual success. Not that we could become puffed up or to take advantage of an opportunity when given one. But that we just say, okay, I'm going to serve. Because one, I love Jesus. He died for this church. And he would just care for people. And he would love people because that's what he does when he shows up. And I'm going to come and I'm going to serve. And I'm going to do whatever I can do. I hope you feel that way. But here are some things tonight that can kill a church culture. Now hold on. All right, we always get negative. We don't always get negative. We're very positive, but I want to I just want to mention a few things. Amen. Speaking negatively about ministry leaders. Thank you. Thank you. Gossiping about the saints. You know, I'm just be me. Just go find out for yourself. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't have to talk about it. You can just... Be an adult and go ask somebody, the, probably the person you're talking about. Talking about the pastor or one of our pastors behind their back. These things kill a church culture of loyalty. Here's why. And on this, you know, the list could go long, but I can tell you that the devil will try to use anything, anything to gain a foothold. And if he could see a gap 
and how you speak. If he can see a gap in how you speak, he's going to slide right in. He was saying, oh, I would. I'm never going to say anything. I'm never going to, I'm not, never going to do anything. We're all going to be tested. We will all be tested. I'm going to tell you the devil will use any moment and any gap to where your speech starts to begin to go negative. You're talking bad about church leaders. You're talking about the saints of God, your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Can I just say to you tonight, the devil will do anything to hinder revival. And he will use how we speak to hinder revival. Can I say, not just the revival for the church, but your own personal growth, your own personal revival. So all the stuff that you're trusting and believing God for, just remember he called all those other people to where you may be speaking about. The devil will find a gap and he'll use it. That space or that gap may not be some massive sin, but I can tell you if you take that any further than just that moment of recognizing that you need to change and you don't change, he'll pull you along. It's his game. Can I say tonight, there is no room for division among us. Tailbearing is gossiping in an indiscreet manner or spreading rumors. And when we make room for this in our lives... Can I just say division will first begin to happen in us. And, you know, division's like a bad cold. How you doing? You know, you don't even know. You touch the door handle, you're just like, I don't even know. Like, you don't even know these days. You just got to keep living. You don't know, but you just... We don't know. We knew about germs before all this other stuff happened in the world. Hello. It's just how it spreads. You, you okay? <laughs> Got that. <I'm> good. <laughs> um, we see that division will begin to happen with us, and then it can spread. It spreads from one person to another person because every person has influence. You may not think you do. You may, you may think less of yourself in your own mind, which you need to work on that because Jesus saved you, redeemed you, died on the cross for you. I think you're somebody. But division is working to separate. And it works to separate people from the saints of God, and ultimately from the church, because that's what the devil wants. He doesn't want you here. He doesn't want you worshiping the Lord. And if he can't get to you, he'll get to somebody else, hoping that getting to that other person will get to you. He said, if that person could be affected by, uh, by being disloyal, then maybe they could be. Do whatever he can to pull people apart. But let me tell you, we have got to work on our own lives and our own hearts. And in the moment these things come at us, we need to shut them down immediately. Because if we don't, well, we don't stop ourselves. Then, well, one, we become silent. You know what silence is? In a moment where we need to speak up, it's acceptance. It's acceptance to what is happening. 
We need to stop the emotions that rise up in our own life. Hello? We need to be mature Christians. And when the emotion rises up in our own life to where we could speak negatively or get involved in, in, in disloyalty with others that may be, may be pressuring us. Can I just say, you have to stop it with yourself first. And when you stop it with yourself, you also need to let the other person know you're done. You're done. In Psalms 133, verse 1, it says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And I'm going to tell you, I'm fine for unity. I'm fine for unity. There is, I, 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 I have my own hopes for my own life in my own family. I got hopes and no one's going to take that away from me. I need the church. I need you to be strong. We need to be strong in the Lord. And when we get together, we need to show that we are loyal to the Lord and what is happening around Life Point Church. So when you get to church, you shout. When you get to church, you worship. When you get to church, you show your excitement of what's going on. Why? Because that's your amen to the other person that came in this room. Why? Because maybe they've been somewhere else where it's always backbiting and it's always fighting and it's always people being disloyal and they're coming out of something and they need to see the truth and when they walk in this room, they need to know one thing. There's people there to love God and there's people there to support what's happening in the church. You can make a difference by being loyal in somebody else's life. I see the time, man. <sighs> I see the time. Just give me a second. I'm going to pass through some things. I want to get to something. First Corinthians 5, 6 says this. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Let me say it like this. Don't mess this up for somebody else. Because this isn't all about you. This is about everybody touching Jesus. And this is about everybody having access to the presence of the Lord. So let me say that if somebody's trying to complain and someone's trying to get you on their side or make a fuss, let me tell you how to answer that. Proverbs 25 verse 23 says this. Proverbs 25, 23. It says... The north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. You know when someone complains to you about what's going on in someone else's life? In, 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 I mean, in, you know it's just not something that's easily brushed off, but it's, they're really complaining. If, if it's someone complaining about what's happening at the church or, or, or one of the pastors or our own pastors, let, let me tell you tonight how you deal with that. You deal with that with exactly what Proverbs 25 verse 3 says. It says, the north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance a backbiting tongue. Dag Harwood Mills said this, the Bible says that the north wind drives away the rain. A powerful rainstorm is driven away by a strong wind. In the same way, 
the power of malicious backbiting tongues can be neutralized by certain facial expressions. You know, when someone's talking about your pastor, you need to let it know on your face before you say anything what you think. Who just lives that way? That's what I want to know. Someone's nudging someone right now. That's just how you live your whole life. But I say the word of God is true. Sometimes when someone's talking, you, we very much are not like in ministry. We're, we're not like we're taking sides on this situation. We're not. That, that's when the preachers get all messed up. You taking their side? You know, we don't play the side thing. But if you're going to mess with God's church, you're going to mess with God's people, you're going to mess with the man of God that preaches the gospel to me, to my family, to us, we got an issue now. And I'm going to bite my tongue, but you're going to see my face. And of course, we're not talking about this because there is an issue or have been. We're talking about this because we're getting prepared for a great revival. There's always great, there's great stuff happening. Let me tell you, it is new people coming on to teach in Bible studies. There's Bible studies we're trying to set up. There's all kinds of awesome stuff that, that's going on. Sometimes we're just not moving quick enough. You know what I mean? We, we're, great things are happening. But I'm going to tell you, if the devil can find a foothold, he'll do it. So I think our pastor's been very wise in to say, we got to get out in front of this thing. Because once we get into this great flow of revival and growth, it's not going to quit. And we don't want there to be any hindrance. So may the ones that are here, may, may, may some of the folks that are here that have been here for a long time, you've, you've seen stuff, you've been through stuff, but the rest of us, we are here and we're going to keep pushing forward and we're going to believe God for the greatest revival and we will not be deterred in our own life. You can't turn us. The devil will try, but it's not going to happen. There's a lot of things that are happening in our world. There's a lot of there's a lot of cat fighting. There's a lot of arguing and complaining. And there's there's a lot of I'll step on you to get a higher position because I want that pay raise. You know, there there there's all kinds of things that happen in the world, not here. You know what's going to happen to that person who's stepped on somebody else? And if that's how they treat people, you know what they are? They're alone. And the moment they fall, they have nobody to. The man that's alone, the Bible says, gets left to die in his hole by himself. But to the one who is there for his brother and his sister and shows care, is when they fall, you're going to pull them up. And when you fall, we're not alone in this. We make a decision to be loyal ourselves, and then that's the overflow, and that's the culture, and that's the flow of a church to where together, when people walk in the door, there's something going on here, and it's the presence of God, but it's the unity of the church. We don't crush somebody to get in the limelight. We don't oppress somebody to be elevated. We don't throw people under the bus to make ourselves look better. We are the church and the people of God. And I didn't even touch it all, but I am thankful tonight for the word of the Lord. And I am thankful that we can come into this house and, and know that, hey, we got messed up past and we got all kinds of things, but nobody is, is messing someone's story up. We're celebrating with the success of every person that is in the kingdom of God. And I wonder if you would just stand to your feet and just worship the Lord Jesus here for a few moments here this evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We magnify you tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As they're coming, and we're going to sing here in a moment. Let me just share one of the, one of the stories I had to share with you, just, be, just the short version. And that is the story of the friendship between 
Jonathan and David. And why don't we read that verse of scripture, those verses of scripture in 1 Samuel 20, verse 32 to 34. Jonathan here questions his father, the king, about David. He said, why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger. On the second day of the feast, he did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In a moment, his own dad threw a spear at him, the scripture says, to kill him. The king was going to kill his own son. And Jonathan knew in that moment, or he actually already knew when he stepped in and was questioning his dad, his dad knew what he was saying. Jonathan questioning his own father brought something to the king's attention. And that was, wait a minute, Jonathan, you're supposed to be loyal to me, but I hear you. You're actually being loyal to David, your friend. And he took the spear and threw it at him to kill him. And in that moment, Jonathan's eyes were opened and he was clear. Yep, my suspicions are right. He's going to kill David. He's going to take his life. And Jonathan remained loyal to David. My friends were all going to be pressured to remain loyal. I remember when I was a young person, a teenager, couldn't even drive. And the only person in my family that took me to church, my dad left. And the question in the car was, do you want me to take you? Or do you want to stay here with me? And I said, I want you to take me. And week after week, someone, someone took me. And then family members of yours, your, your uncle, Chris, and his wife, Sherry, pulled me closer and helped me along the way. And my success even attributes to somebody who cared for me. And then, recent. There is somebody else in my family. It's like the feelings overflow again that are not here. And I won't belabor it, but I'm just saying, you will be tested. We'll all be tested. We'll all be tested on whether to remain loyal. And I'm here to let you know. Let the love you have for Jesus Christ so overflow in your life, you can only share love with the other people that you worship with and with the lost world. Don't be pulled into some other flow that happens in this life. But we just need to love Jesus. Let his presence take us over. Love his word. Serve in his kingdom. Serve in his kingdom. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we love you. We just call on you tonight, God. You are faithful. We need to be. We want to be. We desire it, Lord. Move. Oh, hallelujah. We worship him tonight. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my heart, Lord. Speak through me. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Use anything, Lord. You can use me.
Sunday we're always in the altar but I wonder if we got two minutes here tonight maybe it's been a while since we did it but maybe you step out from your seat you'd find someone that you could pray with here this evening and just encourage them in the Lord would you I remember then you begin to sing that song I was like that was the song when God called me to preach I remember the evangelist coming to lay in his hands on my head and they begin to sing this song let me tell you tonight church we put our hand to the plow and we're not looking back we're moving forward would you find someone if, if you feel comfortable in doing so all you got to do is ask the person you're going to most of you know one another have been here maybe a lady with a lady or a guy with a guy that's fine but you can use you can encourage one another in the Lord Hallelujah, you're not alone, your struggles were with you. Take my hand. 